Got to start a new project in the back. New room? Uh, we're, yeah, we're turning the uh, patio and the deck into a round space. Gotcha. Put a roofing in and screen it in. The TV down there, fan. Yeah. That sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we'll get started then. Welcome in to Off the Cuff Sports. I'm your host, JT. With me, as always, Lem and Solo. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much. I'm good. Nothing Got my much. Water. Parker's. Got water. Yeah. Parker's cappuccinos oh. taste really good. Good to know. All right. So, who is our team in distress this week or Maybe city in distress, depending on who you're, where you live. Um, I'm going to throw in a team, and it's not that they are like just so far in distress that is is bad, but uh, the Pelicans are in a in a rough spot right now. Um, they weren't able to get a deal done. Alonzo and it looks like he's going to try to test out the free agency market um, even though he's restricted but that means somebody's going to overpay or they're going to lose him for nothing and then also JJ Reddick just released on a podcast uh, this week that the ownership group um, and the GM for the Pelicans aren't trustworthy so they basically made promises to J.J. Reddick saying that uh, he's either going to be essentially bought out or he's going to be traded to a team like Brooklyn or I guess the Knicks could potentially be a team, but basically a team in the Northeast so that he could be around his family. You know, he's a 15-year vet. He's trying to be with his kids now. Um, and what did they do at the trade de deadline? Out of, out of the blue, they trade him yeah, to... Uh to the maps, right? Um, it puts that franchise, uh, especially with their history with handling stars, they, they didn't do anything with CP3. They couldn't do anything with Anthony Davis. And now um, it looks like they're off to a bad start with, with the teams, you know, that they assembled now. Um, and that leads me to believe that Zion won't be there for long. Brandon Ingram won't be there for long. Uh, you know, they've already gotten rid of Drew Holiday, who was their most versatile um, defender and probably their best player from the team last year. Like, you, you're setting your team up uh, for failure, in my, in my belief. Uh, and it looks like they're, they're trending downwards, even though they have a young team that should be on the rise for the next few years. So... Yeah, so the Pelicans are, yeah, it looks like they're in trouble. What you got, Solo? 
Boy, throw Golden State in there. Yeah. Uh, as much as as much as I would love to believe that Clay makes that much of a difference, a 40, 50 point lead to a team that's not having its own internal issues in Toronto is not a really good look. And not especially when your superstar is about to be a free agent. Uh, and great GM, LeBron James is the and I'm probably going to give him a ring. So, yeah, Golden State as being very, very, very likely to crumble uh, if they don't fix stuff fast. To give Golden State a little bit of credit, um, even though that there's no excuse to lose by 50 in the NBA, they didn't have Steph or Draymond or yeah. Clay. Um, so you know you, you're three yeah, best all players. There, so you're not. That shows that you're not developing your your role players and your and your bench. Well, I mean, they they don't really have anybody on the bench outside of Eric Pascal. Yeah, but I guess Damian Lee. But it's it's but, not like this this you know forty point loss was to you know, Brooklyn or you know. The Clippers, like this, was a team that was that's probably not going to make the playoffs that they lost like this too. So I mean, the, I mean their team. Don't get me wrong, their team is not good whatsoever. But you know, I only expect so much from essentially Andrew Wiggins, a rookie, and James Wiseman, and Kelly Oubre Jr. Like that's that's their team right now that they fielded, like. You, I, I don't know what else to expect from that team. Like, you know, the players coming off the bench aren't really real rotation players. Um, so there's really, bad management there that they did that to themselves. I mean, you, I mean, well, <laughs> injuries kind of did that. They injuries and and having to pay Steph, Clay, and Draymond. No, I'm not, but yeah, you. That's, You've got to develop what you have. You can't. They don't have anything to develop. Like that's my point is they don't. They didn't have anything to develop. So the only players who were there before, like essentially this year, was Eric Pascal and Damian Lee, and I guess you could put Jordan Poole in. But none of those are like first round talents. These are are second round draft picks who aren't expected to be starting caliber players. Like there's, I get. I get that as a coach and as a franchise, you want to develop your players, but there's limits to these players. Uh, that trade for Andrew Wiggins should have never happened, but that's, you know. I think that's, you see, that's what I'm saying, though. You know, yeah. Andrew Wiggins played last night, bro. Andrew Wiggins is supposed to be a quote unquote superstar for what you traded for him. And he was never a looking he wasn't a superstar in Minnesota. There's no way he was going to be a superstar in Golden State. That's another issue. Yeah, that once again, never happen. Once again, coaching and management is lacking in the situation. Um, they didn't put their, their team in the best position to win without having their all-stars on the court. At the end of the day, that falls back to management, in my opinion, regardless of who's out there.
Uh, but we'll get into the rest of the podcast here. We'll start with uh, the recent news that came out of Atlanta with the moving of the All-Star game due to the new voting laws that were just enacted for the state of Georgia. Was this the right move? And will this make a difference? And what are your thoughts on the voting laws themselves? Uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, me personally, I'll, I'll start off by saying I don't agree with the voting laws. However, I don't think it's the MLB's job to police um, the decisions that were made by the Georgia government. And I, and I say this in the sense of um, if we start doing this, we're, we're essentially enabling companies or, or sports um, to control politics and which they, in theory, they already have been doing, but it's just further enabling them to do this. So if you look at uh, lobbyists and these corporations who are working uh, hand in hand with politicians and they essentially write the laws that the Congress are putting you know, into place to benefit themselves, this is essentially you know, what the MLB is doing. They're, they're tying the hands of the politicians to get what they want and in order to, so I guess, save face, which, you know, I understand that you want to make things right, I guess you could say, by this, by this uh, decision and everything with canceling the game or moving out of Atlanta. But when, when does it become part of the people like the general public who elect these politicians, when does it become on them to, to make changes rather than corporations? You're putting so much power into corporations and, and businesses that, you know, well, it's hard for me. Try to make those changes and it's like nobody listens. I mean, I feel like if the, if the little guy could make the, make the world a better place like they've been trying to for so long, like it, it would have happened and it's happened step by step. But I mean, the, the world that you live in is, is corrupt. The powers that be are super corrupt. So, I mean, right. even though what we saw in Georgia was monumental voting wise, I mean, uh, like, you know, flipping from blue to red, I mean, from red to blue, excuse me, like you saw like the majority of that was for African-Americans and like they're not like too many people aren't happy about that. So it's just another form of voter suppression. So you just saw where the little guy had a chance to speak out and go against the big guy and they did the right thing. However, like once again, the big guy's like, okay, okay y'all got that one over on me. I will make it so that that doesn't happen again. Now, 100%, I get where you're coming from, and I agree with you. I really do just think that it comes to a point where it's like, you know, if you've got to fight corrupt fire with corrupt fire um, in the in this, in this the world. Like, I mean, it's it, it sucks, but it's the world that you live in. And I know the MLB isn't doing it because they have pure intentions. They are trying to save face. But at the end of the day, like, you know, if, if, if that's the only way, sadly, 
that you're going to get things to change in the correct manner or in the, in, I mean, for the right purpose, then I mean, so be it. Because I mean, you just saw everybody banded together in Georgia and you know, those highly, you know, dense metropolitan areas. And now because of that, this is the retaliation. So I, I do feel that yes, the small person can make a change. However, like it gets to a point to where it's like the bit, the little guy, can't make as much of a difference as they want to without the corrupt help of massive organizations. So, I mean, so my, I, I guess my question then is, what's what's next? So, so you have all of these organizations, whatever it, it may be. Um, I guess, uh, how would you say it? Punishing, um, I guess, the economy. Of Georgia, that that would be the the best way of saying it because it's not directly impacting the politicians who are making these decisions, right. and that's where I have issue with sure. it. Like, if I'm trying to make a change in Congress, I'm going to impact Congress. I'm going to go and you know beat down the doors, whatever you know, to get my point across. I mean, storm, storm lobbyists don't boycott things to get their way right. in Congress. Lobbyists go drop that do exactly what all of our colleges do when they're trying to get a recruit to come play for them. Right. Drops that bag off. That's how things get done in politics. So I 100% agree with you that this is not going to change anything in, uh, in our capital. Um, I have read through the the changes that these voting laws will make and a lot of them I have a problem with I really there's one or two that are understandable like not allowing for candidate ballot registration to, to out to people's houses that can promote biasness I'm, I'm okay with that having a voter having identification I don't think I don't see a true issue with that if it's done the right way if it's not used if, if it's used in what it's in its purest terms, but it can be used as a racist, as a prejudiced tool, which is where the issue comes from with that. If it was used properly, I wouldn't have an issue with it. But then you look at things like, oh, you can't hand out water to people standing in these long lines. You can't give them food. That's illegal. Now you can go to jail for that. That makes no sense to me. I don't understand why that became part of the law. I mean, if if, if this was truly to ensure the integrity of the, of the vote, I don't know how that affects the integrity of the vote, which is what concerns me about this. This is clearly a overcorrection to Biden winning the state and the Democratic, part, Democratic parties winning the state. It's just, it's done for the wrong reasons. And that's where my issues come with this stuff. I mean, they... Or is everything in it 100% wrong and bad? No, but the spirit behind it is what's wrong with it, 100% from, from the jump. Uh, this is, this. I mean, this is the third major sporting event that has been stripped away from the city of Atlanta in the past year. Atlanta was supposed to host the Final Four. Atlanta was supposed to host the NBA All-Star Game. And then they were supposed to host the MLB All-Star Game. They lost all three of those. That is a huge revenue loss to the city for these small businesses throughout this city. 
and the surrounding areas. And <clears throat> that doesn't change, <clears throat> excuse me, that doesn't change the capital because they'll just tax us more to get their money back. So it doesn't really affect them at all when these places pull out of, these organizations pull out of Atlanta for their events, so. And you know, we've seen this happen before. Um, I don't know if you all remember, I think it was in 2016, Charlotte was supposed to have the NBA All-Star game and it was pulled out because of um, a bill that was against, I guess, transgenders and, and um, using restrooms, public restrooms for transgenders. And essentially the NBA pulled out, NCAA said that they won't have any tournaments or championship games held in North Carolina until that bill is corrected. Um, and it took three years for someone to, to reverse just a portion of that bill. Um, and that it took a federal judge to do that. It wasn't even, you know, the Congress or the, the, the own North Carolina government trying to, to fix what was wrong. Uh, and that's where I, I see this going for Atlanta, I, or not Atlanta, but just for Georgia in general. Um, it's hard for me to believe that change is gonna come soon because this outrage should have happened before the bill was, was put into place. Like there should have been blocks and everything, outrage, uh, protests, everything before Kemp signed off. And that's why I, I'm like, I'm torn with what the MLB did because I don't think the outrage is directed towards the right individuals. Well, on that note with the transgender stuff, there have been several states passing laws limiting participation for transgender athletes. Uh, my biggest issue with it, a lot of the rhetoric is specifically stating transgender athletes competing in women's sports. And I feel like that's, that's your, your, it's not about, you know, you competing in what, whatever, whatever we say you should. It's about, they don't want men becoming trans, saying that they're female and joining women's sports, which I think is kind of. The trend. It's, yeah, well, right. I mean. But, the trend. Like, also at the same time, it's like. These guys aren't just going to decide that we're going to be, we're going to literally change our lives to be a woman just for like, just to compete in women's like, they're not, it's not to that level. In my opinion, in my issue, that is just that that's more of a, what what's the word I should trying to use here. That's a more targeted and not honest to what these laws are about. And once again, it's target once again targeting a specific group, not what they think is the actual problem. And I think that's the issue. That's that's a lot of things going on in politics right now. Is they're they're targeting specific groups that are affecting how those in power see the world to be, rather than rather than actually trying to make things fair and equal for everybody. There's no such thing as fair and equal in the world, especially when it comes to that. So it's like, like stop, stop crying for it. Like it, it sucks to say, but it's like in all honesty, if everything were fair, if 
everything was fair, then literally, I mean, almost everybody in the world would be the same. And I mean, same income, there would be no poverty, there'd be, you know, no world hunger, everything like that. So no, everybody acquiring crime for fairness and equality, it's not going to happen. Like in certain instances, I get where people are coming from. Like when you view somebody, When you view somebody as less than uh, based on something that they can't control, I get that. That's 115%. Like, I'm all behind that. Now, you get into a gray area with me when you start to say I'm treating you unfairly because of how you feel. Like, I'm sorry. This is something that, like, I don't. I, I, I'll never be able to see like level-headed with everybody because it's just like, you know, case in point, and it sounds like a dramatization, shouts out to Dave Chappelle, but it's very true. What if I wake up one morning and I'm just like, hey, I feel like I'm a 35-year-old white male. Treat me as such. Is that going to happen? No. Exactly. So in retrospect, why in the world are we trying to cater to like the culture of feelings is like, like what I like to call it. Like, I well, mean, I'm not I saying to cater to the culture. That's not where I'm coming from. I'm saying we don't need to put limits on people just because we don't agree with how they feel. So you're deciding one person's feeling is more important than somebody else's feeling that point that's, no that i mean but that's what we're, i mean and essentially like that's what we're that's what we're doing it's like i'm not trying to say we need to be stuck in the stone ages however like push comes to shove it is like and i hate to say it it is what it is if you're born biologically something that's what you are i mean if you feel some way about it and you want to do that 150 percent your choice However, that does not give you the right to participate in an event or a competition where other people that are physically and biologically different than you and gives you an advantage based on what and how you feel. Well, I'm, I'm not like, just I'm not I'm not I'm not going against your your opinion on the matter. I'm saying the legislation is specifically talking about men going to wet men that are deciding that they are female or feel they feel on the inside going to play women's sports it's specific against them and that's where my issue comes from if this was even both sides men can't participate you can't say that you're a woman in female sports and vice versa i i wouldn't agree with it but i would respect it more but the fact that it's specifically men playing in women's sports that's where my issue comes from you you know why it's not listed, right? Why? And, and that's the that's the elephant in the room is because even if they were participating, which we have seen women participated in male sports, they are not to the same level as the top male athletes. 
you will never see a legitimate D1 female athlete compete like on the same level, especially with sports like football, with like um, basketball. You're not going to see those female athletes compete with the top level male athletes. Because they, they're just, you know, they can't. It, like it's not. No, it's, I, and I understand. Yeah. And yeah, so, so creating legis there's there's legislature for for men for to women essentially. Like if you're you're a man but trans to woman, whatever you want to call it, um, because you know there's an advantage in that. There's no advantage in, in a woman who wants to uh, become a man. There's no advantage exactly. to it. I, almost like this. You're telling me right now, if LeBron James wakes up tomorrow and says, freak it, guys, I'm a woman, and I, I deserve to be treated as such, goes and gets everything done, LeBron James would literally, even with hormone therapy, would drop 462 points a game in the WNBA, solely is based on his skill alone. Like, it, it, it just becomes a point where it's like, I get it. I completely understand. Like, like I said, I'm not trying to impede on people's choices. If, you, if that's what you want to do with your life, I may not agree with it. But like I said, I'm not lord over nobody's life. That's what you want to do. However... I can't sit here in good conscience and be like, yeah, bro. It's like, you know, just because like the letter of the law doesn't impede men or, or women from doing it in men's stores that it doesn't make it right. Like it's not right. Like look at the situation that's going on in Connecticut right now. In the span of two years, you have had four males or transgender males, whatever that, whatever it is, like they have shattered every female record in two years the records that have been held for 10 plus years have been shattered and it's like that's not fair like you, you no one can sit there and be like oh yeah man that that definitely was supposed to happen like no that's not fair though they're they're genetically different than everybody else if that's the case make your own league and then you like i said get make your own league if that's what, what it is that you want to do. And I guarantee you, like, it'll be fine. But it becomes different when, like I said, like, what if that happens in high school and, like, say you have a girl that's in wrestling, okay? And, like, you have a, a guy that decides, okay, I want to be a girl inside the wrestler's girls, okay? And because he's genetically stronger, he kills that girl. What What's, what's the story then? I think that's a little of extreme of an example there. Because they no, but it's happened before. It's happened in MMA. Like it's happened in MMA. A man that I literally. But MMA isn't wrestling. Man, those are two different things. That's you're, those are two different. That's you're still yeah. pulverizing someone who is no. like it's a it's an unfair advantage. So you're telling me right now, if I go and I race against girls my age, even if I I'm go not disagreeing with that part. I'm talking about you going to the wrestling. Wrestling is a completely different entity with that. Wrestling is not. I'm. Uh, Girl, first of all, there are no separate divisions in wrestling for men and women. There, it is literally just wrestling. There, it's just the one wrestling team, and men wrestle women all the time. Okay, men right. wrestle women all the time. That's fine. Yes. So, like, fine. Take take wrestling out of it, then. Take wrestling out of it, then. 
So let's 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 name a sport. Uh, okay, let's go softball. Let's go softball. Okay, softball home run field is what? 200, 200 feet, right? Two hundred feet in the softball field. Correct. I'll give him credit. Uh, I feel like it's close to closer to three hundred. I mean, I, I know in high school in, in Alabama, the our track, or like the warning track, is right at two hundred yards uh, or two hundred feet. Excuse up. me. Okay. That's crazy if it's only like two hundred. Okay, so um, that's baseball, softball. So 265 down the line, and this is at the, um, I guess, the, the top level. Collegiate? Um, I, I guess. 265 okay. and then 315 to dead center, which gotcha. would it, wouldn't even make the poles on, on a baseball field. On a baseball even, field. Yeah. And, like, and, and that's all I'm saying is that, like, no I'm matter how. I'm not disagreeing how, with the competition. I'm just saying be honest about it. Be real. Don't be, don't hide behind, you know, just say it's a, it's a, it's a competition issue. Be straight about that. Don't say that you're, because the, 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 the vernacular being used, the rhetoric being used is exclusionary and, de, de, and denying their identity, whatever they, they choose to be, that's them. Make it be about a competition thing. Don't say it's, it's, Dying, denying that one person's identity of who they choose to be is is one thing, and saying it's a competition issue is another thing. That's my that's my take on the matter. Right, but if you don't do that, like that's their that's their loophole, and that's what they can attack when it comes to it. Like you can't just say we're going to like restrict them from being in competition. And then because then the argument's gonna be like you just said, like, okay, well, how are you going to deny me to compete when this is exactly what I am? Pete, you have to, to deny what it is that they think that they are. Not saying that no one can stop them, that, that's your choice. No one can stop you. But by the letter of the law, if you don't say, hey, this is like we have to deny it, then you leave the loophole for them to come back in. I see what so, you mean. I understand. But like, I feel like by the letter of the law, they have to do that in order to so, get their point across. So would a, a solution, would a solution be just co-ed sports and let's just get rid of, I guess, Title IX and stop trying to classify men and women and just put co-ed yeah, teams? But, well, okay, yeah, you could do that. But what happens when you get rid of Title IX? And, that, and that's what I'm saying. Everybody, here's also another thing that's going to be an issue when, when the starting five is all men. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no women make the team. That's where the issue comes into play. Exactly. It's a slippery it, slope that nobody no, wants no, to address. There, we'll be honest here. There is no right answer to this situation. I, I think we can agree on. There's no solution that's going to make everybody happy and. But that's the reality of life. You're not going to have a solution that makes everybody happy. <clears throat> we'll move on uh, to the NFL. A there has been more uh, pro days going on. Um, 
So, and there's obviously we talked about the trades last weekend. Uh, we all can agree that Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft. He will go number one. He will one go number overall. Okay, we'll say he will, <laughs> go number one. He will he be will the first quarterback one. off the board. Yeah, I, I could argue that two quarterbacks are better than him, but we're not going to go there. Uh, I, I mean, I, I look at it as the next guy that should be taken is – I think Justin Fields is, is completely underrated as far as a quarterback going to the league. I think – I think him. I think Zach Wilson being above him is completely wrong. Uh, I don't think yeah. Zach is the, is is a better quarterback in this league. Maybe Zach Wilson back in the '90s when you could get away with it, uh, being just the drop back quarterback and not being super tall, but that's not what the game is today. Um, and so, I just don't see him working in today's game as the second best quarterback, the first, the second guy to come off the board in the league. But that's my take. Uh, what y'all got to say? Um, I think you're, you're wildly mistaken about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's the same height as Justin Fields. Um, but he's not as dynamic. That's what I'm saying. Like you can get with being shorter if you have a, if you're dynamic like that. He's not Zach Wilson's not this not a dynamic player like that. I mean, he's he's not a short QB by by the any means. Like, I mean, he's, he's not still, Drew Brees. I'm not I'm saying, but he's not. Yeah, I I don't not think tall that's going, Ryan either. I I don't think that's going to hinder him, um, or stop him from being a talented QB because if if we're just going to do like a hypothetical game and yeah and all else is true you know me personally if I was picking a team I'm picking the person who has the best arm talent um just like pure quarterbacking over anybody who has lesser and then just you know athletic ability that's just me personally I'm I'm, I'm going to pick now I would pick the Patrick Mahomes or the Aaron Rodgers but they still have quarterback talent that sets them apart than than other you know QBs I, I think that's like what ceiling the is higher. like you can yeah yeah Zach Wilson is less likely to be a bust I think than Justin Fields but I think Justin Fields has a greater potential to reach higher points than Zach Wilson could if he's in the if, position. if Justin Fields can learn an offense and learn to to read NFL defenses. He has the ability to to be a top notch, yeah. all pro, you know, QB. I I agree with that. But if I'm drafting right now, and my job is on the line, I'm picking the QB that I know for certain can make those throws day one. I haven't and, seen and still. Throw. I haven't seen those from. He's been throwing to wide open guys. And the best town uh, I, he lost to, which was close. I, I, I disagree. Um, if if you think he's been throwing it wide open, you should see Ohio State play. No, I'm not their... saying that. I'm just. I'm also saying at the same time, <laughs> there have there there are moments where I've seen Justin Fields throw to the tight windows against legitimate defenses. 
which Zach Wilson is not did not go against legitimate defenses last year, and I did not see him throw into tight windows. I I still think he threw into tight windows and he has good ball placement. He definitely didn't go up against elite defenses. That's you know that's fair, uh, but neither did you know a lot of the QBs. Uh, where did Justin Herbert go to school? Did he go to? Uh, he went to Oregon. UCF, Oregon. Okay, never mind then. I was trying to think of the last QB um, that came out of, uh, what is it, North uh, Dakota? Oh. What was, what was his name? You're talking about uh, – I can't even think of his name right now. Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. Yes, Carson right. Wentz. Carson Wentz. Uh, No, it was Josh Allen. That's who I was thinking of. Oh. Josh Allen didn't play against anybody. Yeah. And, and look at him, you know. Still I'm a not saying Zach QB. Wilson's Josh Allen for the record. I don't think he's that bad. That's that's a different level. Well, jo- Josh Allen is, is decent. Like, he's a quality starter. I put him in the top. I would put him at the top half of QBs. Top half. But... I'm high on Zach Wilson. Uh, I understand that um, Justin Fields has the talent. You know, I've seen it. But I would put Zach Wilson number one. I would put actually Justin Fields ahead of uh, Trevor Lawrence. But uh, that's that's a personal opinion. What's, what's your problem with Trevor Lawrence? Ever since his uh, freshman season, he's gone down he hasn't actually improved at least with Justin Fields I see improvement I see where he's grown as a QB but uh Trevor Lawrence's best days were you know when he was first coming into college and I think that's a red flag um yeah but I feel like that if he when it took when when you see a decline like that that's got I don't think that's the player themselves that's the issue there that situation I think that's the the environment that he's in I think that's an indictment on Dabo Sweeney's staff, not so much on Trevor Lawrence himself. So when do we start holding the player accountable? I'm not saying don't hold him accountable. I'm just saying you a decline like that shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. Like, his, his talent – we didn't lose any of his talent. Right. Uh, I mean, there could be an attack – to the defenses that he went against that started to figure him out, which could he played in the ACC. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. But I, I guess uh, for, for me, Trevor Lawrence, um, I think ability wise, he's there. Of course, he's he's shown that he can play. But I think his head has gotten away from him in the sense of um, I wouldn't say cocky, but complacent. Yeah, I think that, that's the, the best that's, word. But that's also going to be on your coaching staff to prevent that from happening as well. I mean, if I was a player right now, I'm not relying on my coaching staff to motivate me. No, yes, you're they right. Provide provide but, that extra boost when needed. But here's the here's the reality with it. Here's the reality with it. And, and Solomon, you'll back me up on this. When it comes to coaching, whenever anything that your athletes do, you're either coaching it or allowing it to happen. That's that's the only two things that exist. You're coaching it or allowing it to happen. 
That's true. And if you're and if you're letting if 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 Trevor Lawrence becomes complacent, yes, that is his choice. But you as a coach are still allowing him to be complacent. And that's an issue in itself there. But moving on from, from Trevor, Solomon, tell us tell us why uh, Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this draft. He's not the best quarterback in this draft. He's the third best. Second best. Third or second best. All right, so what's your ranking of the quarterbacks then? What, uh... Trevor, then Zach, then Justin, then the kid from BYU that'll fizzle out in three years. So wait, wait, wait. Wait, Zach. Zach. Zach that's Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach was number two? Yeah, Mac is two. Mac is two. Okay. Mac. Okay. Okay, Not explain bad. to us why Mac Jones is number two. Um, I want to hear this. Easy. Can he make the throws? Yes. Okay. Yes, because his receivers yes. are always open. Nope, 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 nope. No. Year before. He can make the throws. He can make the throws. His, yeah, his junior year. Did he not show you that he can make the throws? When he got thrown in in the Iron Bowl and still put up 42 points? So that's one. Uh, can read at an elite level. It's already in and he knows how to win. Unlike the only person that has won more than him has been Trevor. So, in my opinion, he has to be the second best. Um, I have no idea what Lamar sees in Zach. That's that guy is he's a a bombshell waiting to happen. Like I can't wait for him to get into the NFL and realize that it's like, yeah, his he's a he's a nineteen ninety two quarterback in two thousand and twenty one. Why, why do y'all say he's a 1992 quarterback? He is tall and can, and can throw the ball very, very far. Like that's, that's the end of him. Deep. He has no – he cannot he cannot read a defense outside of man-to-man and cover two because all he saw was man-to-man and cover two. That's it. That is it. He didn't even see quarters when he played in the Mountain West. You can't argue that he did. He didn't. He didn't see anything else. All that all he know. threw against was man. Look at the film. All he threw against was cover to a man to man the entire year. That's it. So as soon as they as soon as they show five rush three, or show four and rush six, like he's going to panic. And if his if his primary receiver isn't wide open, i.e. Tua, it's going to be very very bad for him. Like I said, you you not you're not an elite quarterback and find a way to lose to Coastal Carolina. Even Josh Allen at Wyoming, you know, had nobody and found ways to win, so. Perspective, they took that Coastal Carolina game on like a two days notice, That's flew fair. across country, you know, to play a random game in Coastal Carolina. They lost on, on a last, you know, they had a chance to win. He drove them downfield and lost right at the goal line. And, and also they didn't even know if their equipment truck was gonna get there on time. Like it was a time okay. that truck to get so there. question, question, question. Yes. Okay. So okay, take Coastal Carolina out of the out of the equation. Who is the next best team that 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 they that they played that was a, a struggle win? Pull up the schedule, Lamoris. I I find this this is going to be very funny when I get a chance to prove this point. Go ahead. Right, we we do not care about BYU, BYU football. No, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I'm, let's see, but like I'm, I'm being I'm honest, is like. I'm just saying, look, look at all the past, all the past great quarterbacks that didn't play 
you know, FBS football. Okay, just FBS football. Okay, the greatest one in my opinion. You got BYU Barr. is FBS, first of all. Oh, geez, never mind. The guy sucks. Um, <laughs> but think about the last guy that played, you know, in major football that, I mean, that wasn't like a blue blood, okay? Um, you brought up Josh Allen. Look at the intangibles and look at what he was able to do during his time at Wyoming versus what he did at BYU. We're talking about one decent season. Oh, the fact that Josh Allen elevated Wyoming football for the three years that he was there. Sorry, the four years he was there. Excuse me. Like, it just push comes to shove. Zach is not – he has no leadership characteristics. He does – he's not mobile. And all he has is a big arm. Like, I, he's, I he's John – he's where, the modern-day John Elway. He's John Elway. I, I don't get where y'all saying he's not mobile. Have you looked at his highlights? Lamar, it's the fact Anything. that he can run five yards down the field is not it's, mobile. It's, it's, it's not, not mobile in this game. It's, no. it's, it's, it's not that he can run – I'm, I'm going to pull it up so we can watch together. And you tell me after looking at this video that okay. he is not mobile. Uh, and my, my, my answer will still remain the same, sir. He is, he is not the athlete of Justin Fields. But if – is Aaron Rodgers mobile? Yeah. Don't – do not bring Aaron that, Rodgers. That's an a, that is an athlete right there. That's a real athlete right there. How do I flip my camera around? If I can stop getting notifications. Looks good. Okay, here we go. Let's see these highlights here. Oh, this is passing. Okay. Drop back quarterback. Okay, drop back pass. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I kind of wanted to see that one. Here we go. A design run. Design quarterback draw. Okay. 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 That's awesome. That's that's great. And I'll um oh, okay. Design quarterback draw. He ran straight up the middle and only and and he just okay. keep, keep 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 watching. Okay. We, we will keep watching. Okay. It's gonna be so interesting for our listeners right here. Oh, I know. You could cut this out. Okay. <clears throat> Okay. No, I, I, I want to. I want them to enjoy the awkwardness that we have right here watching. Oh, I wish I. Coastal game. Ooh, on the run, throwing, on a laser dart on the run. Let's keep watching. You don't have to have an all-worldly athlete to be able to move outside the pocket and be mobile and escape. It was one throw. Yes, Zach. And yes, also, Zach Wilson. That oh. one, that that right there, that's that's not going to cut in the NFL. He's, he's going to get walked down in the NFL with that rollout right there. He's not going to be able to get the ball off. Or if he does, it's going to get hit as he throws and the ball's going to go out of bounds. That, he's, it's, it's just not going to work in the NFL. You say that, but there's – players like Tom Brady who have zero athleticism and can move in the pocket like Zach Wilson can and still make the throws. Like, I, I understand that he's okay, not... Like, Zach what Wilson doesn't consider. have the, the mindset that Tom Brady does. He doesn't. 
And that's why he's so good. That's you can't compare just because he's just as no. But here, forty time that at the that the combine forty time that Tom Brady had is the same forty time that I ran in high school as an offensive. Right, player. he is he so is slow as start. Don't compare athleticism to success. That don't say that because he's as athletic as Tom Brady that he would be athletic in the NFL. That's not gonna no. It doesn't work like it's not gonna be successful. That is no. I ran a 5-2 in high school. That's what Tom Brady he, ran at the combine. So don't tell me that, oh, he's gonna it's gonna it's apples to apples in the situation. I, I feel like you all are are completely ignoring the fact that he does have the ability to move in the pocket, escape a rush like this, and put on the jets and go downfield for 30, 40 yards, just oh, like Lord. this play. Houston. Right okay, how many of those guys are going to the I, NFL? How many of those guys are going? It, to the hold on, hold on. Question: Didn't Houston? Um, who did they beat this year? And I feel like it was uh, it was a Big Twelve or a Big uh, yeah. Oh, a Big Twelve team. Oh, oh, because we Look, know there's elite talent in the Big Twelve. Go ahead, there's, sir. There's not. There's not. But go ahead, sir. One more. I, if you would please show me any highlights of this man beating any NFL talent, that would be much appreciated. And thank you. I just I want to see somebody that's going in the draft or has some stock, maybe some pennies, maybe it's going in the eighth, seventh, maybe the sixth round. I mean, there's no Khalil Mack that was chasing him down. Yeah. You know, from Buffalo there. But to you, to to Solomon, to you, what makes you so confident with Mac Jones? Because there has never, since really since Joe Namath, I mean, obviously we still got to figure out with Jalen Hurts and two. We haven't had enough tape on them yet. But prior to them, going back to Joe Namath, when was the last time that we like, yes, this quarterback at Alabama that that just looked amazing. And it looked Correct. Amazing. Because Bama has never had to get, like, real quarterbacks. They only need is game managers. The, the main difference in Mac Jones is his ability to adapt. You go back and look at what he was doing in high school. Mac Jones went, ran the wing tee. For anybody that doesn't know football, the wing tee That's is one not of the best a, offensive systems in the world. But anyways, yeah, but it does not require you to throw the ball whatsoever. You're hanging the ball off. You know, you should throw. Ma- it's just not. It's not a drop back it, pass system. Yeah, it's. But the majority of the time, you're not showing off your arm range, right or wrong. No, you're. You know, you're correct. It's mostly if if you're throwing your arm range, it's because it's on sort of bootleg, or as they called it, the waggle. Right. So you now you hand off and roll out and have your line you, with you. You remove him from that, and he goes to the collegiate level. You go to the collegiate level, and arguably the greatest quarterback in Alabama history gets put out, and the man proceeds to when he's not in his comfort zone and stuff that he hasn't done for the majority of his life, commences to throwing lasers and darts not just to one single receiver, but to multiple receivers around the field year previously. Now, this is before Jalen Water was a Heisman candidate. This was before Devontae Smith was a Heisman candidate. It was before Najee Harris was a – before he was a Heisman candidate, okay? They were just guys trying to go out there and compete, and they thought they had no chance. 
And on a technicality rule, Mac Jones lost the Auburn game due to poor coaching, not because of ability. Comes in this year, okay, and proceeds, obviously, with a talented lineup to destroy everybody. But it wasn't like he was throwing to completely wide-open receivers all the time. When he ran the RPOs, when he ran trips to one side, when he was able to run doubles, like the man was throwing the ball into tight windows when they played against competitive teams. Like he has shown without a doubt, and he's more, in my opinion, more mobile than than Zach Wilson because he's running away from guys that are actually going to make it to the NFL, not guys that the end-all, be-all of them is Arena League football or the CFL. Like he's going up against big boys. So question, you determine how mobile somebody is by how how fast other players are? Rather than how fast he is, Morris. Okay, so let, let's. It's about it's about perspective. It's yes. about perspective. If I may finish, so, it's just about. I just want to finish. Oh, okay. It's about perspective. So put it like this: If I have a car coming at me at twenty miles per hour, versus a car coming at me at forty-five miles per hour, which one's going to be easier to dodge, Morris? Which one's easier to dodge is does not determine how athletic I am. If that makes sense, how athletic I am is is built determined by me personally. Whether the car is coming twenty or forty at me, okay, let's let's change it, up the scenario. Let me let's let's change up the scenario. That's, that was a bad analogy. He's a PE coach. He's not. Don't 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 ask him to make analogies for you. Just just anyway. Okay. If you're, I get what I get. What you're saying in terms of film. He's he's going to have better film to measure off because he has faster players coming at him. I get that, we, but that I, is I, not I, how I think you it's measure. More we know with Mac Jones that he can he can handle these 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 NFL caliber guys. We don't know that with Zach Wilson, and so therefore I don't know why I pick Wilson with the second pick in the draft if I don't know if he can handle himself against these NFL levels. That's that's where the real issue has to come into play. There, I would not give him. Yes, he may have the potential. But I haven't seen it, and I'm not going to use my second pick in the draft on him. Like, I'm not going to use my second pick in the draft on Mac Jones because Mac Jones, as good as you believe him to be, and I, 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 I agree with all your points. I understand all your, what you're saying. He was also in the most ideal situation a quarterback could be in. Oh. So, JT, what about Trevor Lawrence? Explain that to me. I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. Literally, in an ideal literally every – I'm not. Every, I'm just going off of that's QB what prospect was. Every top QB prospect was. If you look at Ohio State, they had wide receivers open for 15 yards, gaps between DBs. You look at Trevor Lawrence and what he was throwing to in Clemson. Everybody, these top QBs, they are at the top programs. I'm not. They I'm have just wide I, open. So that argument means we can't. But no, no, but. Alabama had an embarrassment of riches compared to these other schools. You didn't have to you – don't, you don't list off all the receivers that were Heisman caliber at any school except for Alabama. You don't talk about all the skill players like you talk about oh, – oh, oh, oh. I just want to know, so Georgia didn't have a stable of wide receivers. They just didn't have somebody to throw the ball to them. Correct. Case in point. Okay. Correct. Let's, let's just keep going down the line. Okay, so let's go, let's go by terms of competition since we're obliviously ignoring that. 
Zach Wilson played against nobody in the Mountain West, I'm, and Trevor Lawrence played against nobody in the ACC. Mac Jones played an SEC, a 10-game SEC schedule and went undefeated, which has never been done before. So I'm not saying that perfect. I'm just – I still – I'm just looking at everything. I think Justin Fields is the best candidate. I don't think even – I would take him over Trevor Lawrence. With all the <clears throat> they had to go through in the, in, the, in, the, in the Big Ten or the Big 14. Justin Fields. The yes. guy that couldn't cut it at Georgia, so had to go to Ohio State and okay. still found ways to lose. They didn't use him the right. They they ran read option with him every time he was in. You, it doesn't matter lost, how good you, you are in that situation. If the Jake defense Brown. knows what you're going to do, you can't be ranked. You lost your starting job to Jake Fromm. You're irrelevant at this. He point. didn't lose the starting job to Jake. They didn't. They, they it, weren't giving him the job. Jake Fromm was their starter regardless of the situation. They made so who before, and he came before to even walked on campus. And why did he come? Why did he go? Because that's his fault. Think, that's that's different. That's that. Common that sense doesn't match to what his football IQ is. That's two different things, Solomon. That's two different <laughs> things. We sh- you should know that yourself. You are great on the basketball courts. Common sense, you're not always there. Hey, all I'm saying is, at the end of the day, just because you run really fast and you can't make wide open throws down the field until you get hit. Uh, does not mean you're going to be a successful quarterback. At the end of the day, I I like terms of balance. Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones are the only two quarterbacks in the draft that give you balance between both. Justin Fields does not give you balance. He is not that good. He's not that good. Decent arm, overly athletic. He's nowhere near Mahomes or Michael Big. He's not even Carson Wentz. He's whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not, Whoa. Okay, let's Wentz move on to... from this conversation. But <laughs> okay, but before, I'm, but, okay, I'm, I'm no, hold on, hold on. Before Carson Wentz got hurt, what was the Eagles' record? Look it up. Carson Wentz has one double digit has one double digit. No, I'm not as saying he hasn't. So, yeah, Justin Fields will never do that as a starter. Okay, he just won't. I, that Justin Fields is my pick moving forward, but you guys can disagree with me. You can have your feelings. You can feel what you feel. It's okay. Uh, we'll move on to something else that we should have discussed a couple of weeks ago in the NFL, but we we just didn't talk about it. Dak Prescott's contract. He finally got his money. Um, and Jerry Jones said, basically said that he got taken for a ride. Uh, <clears throat> their argument is that by signing him to the deal, and not franchise tagging him, they save about $15 million in cap space. That's great. But, okay, Solomon, do, do, do you guys have Coles down there in the middle of nowhere, Alabama? Solomon? Asking you a question, sir. No? Oh, okay. He's so low. Well, anyways, you know about Coles. Coles is, you know, here in Atlanta. And I'm, as you're, you're, when you had a significant other, when they came, they've probably come back from Coles with a bag from Coles, uh, with a receipt on it. it. Had a nice circle around, a red circle around how much they saved. Walk and said, "Hey, she still, yes, yes, you still exactly spent." 
I saved $150. I saved $150. But if you look up, if you look at what they paid, you still spent $200. But I saved $150. But you still spent $200. Hey, can <laughs> but can I say this? But can I say this one thing, though? Can I say yes. this one thing? I called it and I told y'all. Somebody on this podcast told me I was absolutely crazy when I told them they're going to sign him for that amount of money. And so I, I I need somebody to pick this tape up and realize that we knew that they were going to sign Dave Prescott. Like, right. he deserved this money. Just I just want to get that out of there. I just wanted to say that. I, my my I heart think, jumped with no, you no, when no. he signed that money. I, I, I don't think anybody argued with you, with him deserving the money. I said it was going to be a bad decision to sign him. And I would not do it. I I would. Just he deserves the money, the but it's not a good. It's not a I good financial decision L. for the Cowboys. That's what. That's what we right. were saying with that. That's that's two different things. The the Cowboys right now are in the same spot. I think the Falcons were in when they re-signed Matt Ryan to that ridiculous contract. They're going to be decent. They may be fringe playoff one year, and then just complete utter garbage the next but they won't have any cap space to do anything. They're just going to be right there in the middle, stuck in mediocrity. Like I said, just if you they, cut, if you cut the, if, like I said, if you, after Zeke's contract is up and up in the air, if you cut Zeke, which it does not matter, it, they would, they could find somebody serviceable to do his job. And if you cut, the, I forgot the defensive end, that is taking up an absorbent amount of money to be absolute garbage on their team. He only has what I think one or one or two more years on like the guaranteed portion before they can cut him, and it doesn't affect their cap space. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, okay. Zeke has. But like the biggest four still, more years, they can still make moves. But Dak Prescott is a top fifteen quarterback in the NFL and deserved every single penny that he got in that contract. No, that's different. fine. Let somebody else pay him though. I don't disagree with the market value because that that is what you would pay in this league at this point. But it's in a vacuum; it doesn't make. If Ryan Tannehill, if, not, if Ryan Tannehill got that was all I would have went to in my debate meeting. Well, into that contract meeting. And that's what I'm I saying: the market a, value. This exactly. Matched. That's I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that. We, point. We're not disagreeing. They were handcuffed yeah. into this decision; they had to do it. Now, just in a vacuum, and just looking at the finances of the Cowboys themselves. It was not a good move for the Cowboys. Well, what else were they supposed to do? They had no choice. Tank. Get a really good draft pick next year and hopeful that there's a QB prospect. They didn't have their quarterback for the entire season, and they still were in the hunt for the playoffs. So you going six and ten in this this division, that doesn't that doesn't help you because you could still make the playoffs. But that's what they're saying. It's like that's What's up? Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I heard Deshaun Watson's cheap right now. They could get wow. Deshaun Watson oh. pretty, pretty easy. Wow. That's a low blow. If he doesn't go to jail, which, you know, that's to be there's seen. No, there's no proof so far. Don't indict. There, there, a case has been officially opened by Houston PD with that, though. So right. We'll see what happens with that, and then we'll we'll make our decisions uh, regarding it. But uh, we'll move on to the everyone's favorite portion of the show, Petty Moment of the Week.
anybody have anything? I don't, I feel like nothing petty happened. I got one. It's not like super petty. It actually ends up being a really good story, but it starts out petty. A, uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw this, but a, a third grader from Tennessee who was a Volunteers fan wrote a letter to Lane Kiffin, those that don't know, that's the head coach at Ole Miss, and he was formerly the head coach at Tennessee, saying, I'm entering the fan transfer portal. Make a pitch that why should I be an Ole Miss fan now? Because he's tired of being a Tennessee fan. <laughs> but Lane Kiffin actually found the found their number and called and and gave him a pitch for him to join the fandom for Ole Miss. So it went from being a petty moment to actually a good, really good PR story from Lane Kiffin. But uh, you guys haven't found any more petty moments. I mean, there was nothing that happened on April Fool's that you guys found. I mean, see, that's that's petty day right there. Yeah. Michael everything Strait was faked, faked uh, fixing his gap in his teeth. That I mean, I thought the, um, That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Yeah. But he, he faked he faked uh, a video of him getting the gap fixed. I thought the Roy Williams um, retirement was a, a prank until I saw everybody report it as if it was Yeah, real. that was, was that was a surprise. Yeah. Greg Kittle posted a picture in a Jags jersey saying he signed with the Jags. And uh, John Lynch, the the GM, was like, "I don't find this funny at all, sir." <laughs> oh. I mean, Ble Bleacher Report put out something that said uh, LeBron James was retiring, but um, that we know that's yeah, you can't fall for that. No, as much as you want him to not be on the Lakers anymore, you know, it's we know that's not true. All right, you see where yeah. we're at right now. We we have a broken yeah, down won? roster. I know, right? Who won? Who won your ring, though? Don't don't talk. Don't talk. I want to hear it. I mean, I it. the best I could compare the the, <clears throat> Finals the Lakers to is is the Yankees. If your best players are injured, they're not going to go anywhere. But if their roster healthy and stays so, so the entire like season, every professional team. Okay. We're not getting blown out by. Or 60, the Morris. I'm just I'm just saying yeah. it's logic. It is what it is. But you know, they're 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 a top heavy team that can win a championship if they're healthy for the entire season. But you know, when your best player is, you know, his son's about to be playing in the in this league, that's kind of it's kind of hard to to keep yourself healthy for an entire season with that but two major injuries in 20 what in what 18 years no i'm not i'm years? not arguing i'm just saying when your your best player is the one that should be retired by now and the key for them to win a championship is just for him to stay healthy the entire year that's a hard task for anybody that that that's that old i'm not indicting anything i agree wrong. I'm i agree in general no, I, I completely understand. But once again, we're talking with somebody who believes Zach Wilson is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. And 
yeah, I just, you know, I, I have to remind him frequently that, you know, just because he thinks something doesn't mean that it's necessarily the truth. That's all. You should take that advice as well, my friend. But there, there we go. We'll, we'll move on to the final thoughts before we get out of here. <laughs> the If you thought the NCAA transfer portal was bad for football, you should see how bad it is for basketball right now. Um, you have teams losing five, six players to the transfer portal. And you think about a basketball roster, that's, you know, max, what, 15 players? That's a third of your max team. And you, 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 you lose out a third of your team, not including people who graduate or may go to yeah. NBA, whatever the case may be. You're losing half of your team to the transfer portal. Teams are but going to be flipping. If that's the rate of what's happening, how could there's not enough places for these people to go? Well, if everybody's transferring, it opens up slots. You know, got a point. Yeah, but uh, like, I mean, if if you couldn't cut it at Mercer, are you going to be getting a spot at Georgia Tech at this point? I mean, well, it's it's not maybe, that. It's 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 the low level players that are leaving. It's like. You look at, um, what's his name, Quinterly? Is that his last name? Uh, that plays for Alabama. He left um, Jelly Fam. He left uh, Villanova and went to Alabama. And, you know, he is a top player. You have top players who are sitting on the bench at programs who decide, okay, let me go to a SEC team or a Pac-12 team who who's still Division One, but may not be the – the basketball school that Villanova or Gonzaga or, or in Kansas. prior years, Duke, yeah, yeah Kansas, um, may be. So you have talented players in the transfer portal. It's going to end up like like a NBA free agency, but everybody's free agents, and you have like recruiting all over again, where oh, you, know, yeah. you just you pair up with who you get along with or who you play well with, and and you start new super teams. And if you look at the teams that are in the final four right now, um, you know, many of them start or um, at least have two or three transfers on their team because of this. So uh, expect, uh, expect it to heat up soon. It's already getting started, but uh, keep, keep your eye out. This is exactly why you, if you're in high school, like, do not have no dead-gum aspirations of going to college. It's like recruiting is not that – like, I don't care. Unless the paycheck is right, stay where you are. Sheesh. Is that your final thoughts? Oh, no. My final thought is, one, uh, uh, in all this madness, we were able to get one kid signed. Congratulations to him. It's going to change his life forever. Actually got a girl to Michigan so he can view his campus. And, and get a chance to play with his new teammates on Thursday this upcoming okay. week. And then uh, shout out to Bear Hope Girls Soccer who just won their first area title uh, ever. Uh, and you know, guys, there's this one coach that's on that staff that you know has an 85% win record. And no matter what team he coaches on, I think that guy has a lot to do with that success. <laughs> Anyways, uh, my final thoughts is we'll get vaccinated. I got my second shot yesterday. I'm 
feeling fine, a little soreness in my arm. Richmond Hill, but you didn't want to stop in Atlanta and say hi to your boys. That I'm not. We went nowhere near Atlanta. I went I ten to Valdosta to here. Could have met you. Yeah. Could have met me or something like that. You know, it's, it's you know it's fine. We're on spring break, so you know I, I could I could have met, you, but no, it's fine. It's okay. You're gonna move back. You're gonna move back here eventually, so it's fine. It's okay. We'll we'll see you all the time. You see me all the time. Is the headphone thing? Uh.